This is Mark chapter 13. I'm going to begin reading in verse 32. And I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The prophets of the ancient Hebrew people have told us a story. It's a story of creation. It's a story of who we are and from whom we have come. They've told us that in the beginning the universe was dark, empty, chaotic, and lifeless. And into that darkness words were spoken by a being of light and life. We call this being God. These are the words the prophet said he spoke. Let there be light. Let there be an atmosphere in the midst of the chaos. And let it separate chaos from chaos. Let the chaos under the atmosphere be gathered together into seas and let the dry ground appear. Let the dry ground put forth vegetation. Let there be sun, moon, and stars. Let the chaos, the waters, teem with creatures. And let birds soar above the dry ground through the atmosphere. Let the dry ground bring forth living creatures. And finally, God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over all creatures. This is the story of who we are and from whom we have come. But humanity is forgetting this story. Maybe it's not too much to say has forgotten it. I found the opening monologue to Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy to be helpful in creating space for, for us to understand our predicament. It says this, The world is changed. I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. Much that once was is lost and none now live who remember it. And some things that should not have been forgotten were lost. History became legend, legend became myth, and passed out of all knowledge. In many ways, this is where we humans now find ourselves, having forgotten the truth about ourselves and of our world. History has become legend, legend has become myth, and the memory of our Creator and our creation has passed out of all conscious knowledge. The Christian philosopher and linguist C.S. Lewis, in his book The Silver Chair, described a quartet of creatures who became trapped in an underground realm called the underworld. And in that realm there was no breeze, no sun, no sky. The only light in that city was from lamps, and it was ruled by a beautiful, melodic, and malevolent witch. And these four, whose names, these are Lewis's names, not mine, were Puddle Glum, Eustace Scrubs, Jill Pole, and Prince Rillian. And they were saddened by the gloominess of that underground world because 
there were millions there, but only these four remembered the sun and the wind and the sky. At least they thought they did. But the queen began to question their memories and through powerful magics attempted to bring them under her spell, the spell that most of the people who lived in that realm had already fallen under, the spell of the underworld, a spell intended to enslave them so that they would never seek to be free. These next words are Lewis's. Then came the witch's voice, cooing softly like the voice of a wood pigeon from the high elms in an old garden at three o'clock in the middle of a sleepy summer afternoon. And it said, what is this sun that you all speak of? Do you mean anything by the word? Yes, we jolly well do, said Scrub. Can you tell me what it's like, asked the witch. She's playing some sort of an instrument. Thrum, thrum, thrum went the strings. Please it, your grace, said the prince, very coldly and politely. You see that lamp? It's round and yellow and gives light to the whole room and hangeth moreover from the roof. Now that thing which we call the sun is like the lamp, only far greater and brighter. It giveth light to the whole overworld and hangeth in the sky. Hangeth from what, my lord? asked the witch. And then, while they were all still thinking how to answer her, she added with another of her soft silver laughs, You see, when you try to think out clearly what this sun must be, you cannot tell me. You can only tell me it's like the lamp. Your sun is a dream. And there's nothing in that dream that was not copied from the lamp. The lamp is the real thing. The sun is but a tale, a children's story. Yes, I see now, said Jill in a heavy, hopeless tone. It must be so. And while she said this, it seemed to her to be very good sense. Slowly and gravely, the witch repeated, There is no sun. And they all said nothing. She repeated in a softer and deeper voice, There is no sun. After a pause and after a struggle in their minds, all four of them said together, You're right, there is no sun. It was such a relief to give in and say it. There never was a sun, said the witch. No, there never was a sun, said the prince and the marsh wiggle and the children. I'm going to read that again, but with the voice of the spirit of our age. Then came the spirit's voice, cooing softly like the voice of a wood pigeon from the high elms in an old garden at three o'clock in the middle of a sleepy summer afternoon, and it said, What is this God that you all speak of? Do you mean anything by the word? Yes, we jolly well do, said Scrub. Well, can you tell me what he's like? asked the witch, the spirit. Thrum, thrum, thrum went the strings. Please it, your grace, said the prince, very coldly and politely. You see us? We people, we hear and move and we do good to each other and we speak and have wisdom and knowledge. Now that thing which we call God is like us, only far greater and brighter and better. In fact, this God is all goodness and fills the world with its goodness. How can that be? How could such a thing exist? Where would it come from? asked the witch. And then, while they were all still thinking how to answer her, she added with another of her soft silver laughs, You see, when you try to think out clearly what this God must be, you can't tell me. You can only tell me it's like a person. Your God is a dream. There's nothing in that dream that was not copied from people. People are the real things. God is but a tale, a children's story. 
Yes, I see now, said Jill in a heavy, hopeless tone. It must be so. And while she said this, it seemed to her to be very good sense. Slowly and gravely, the witch repeated, there is no God. And they all said nothing. She repeated in a softer and deeper voice, there is no God. After a pause and after a struggle in their minds, all four of them said together, you're right, there is no God. It was such a relief to give in and say it. There never was a God, said the witch. No, there never was a God, said the prince and the marsh wiggle and the children. The Christian scriptures have told us that only a fool says in her heart, there is no God. But today in the halls of education and intellectualism of our time, what was once revealed as foolishness has become the very beginning of what it means to be grown up and smart. For the prophets of Israel who wrote the book of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord was the beginning of wisdom. But for the sages of our day, it's the denial of God that is the mark of the truly wise and the truly free. And if God had remained silent, if we had remained in our city underneath the earth, humanity would never again have remembered who we are or from whom we have come. But God has not remained silent. As God had spoken reality into being in the very beginning, God spoke again to a wandering Aramean named Abram. God renamed him Abraham, and God continued to speak to his children, first to Isaac, then to Jacob, and then to Joseph, and then to Moses, and then to Joshua, and then to the prophets of Israel, and even to some of her kings. And God commanded them to retain a record of the life of their culture with God. And for nearly 1,500 years, they obeyed, and they wrote, and they rewrote, and they reflected upon, and they interpreted their history with this God. But then again, God fell silent. And Abraham's children began to forget as the world around them had long forgotten who they were and from whom they had come. Until once again, somewhere between 2019 and 2021 years ago, God spoke again. But this time, God did not call out to a human being, as he had with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob and with Joseph. Nor did God work miracles to deliver his people from a powerful and oppressive nation, as he had done when he spoke to Moses and delivered the people of Israel from slavery to the great nation of Egypt. Nor did God send prophets to reinitialize the repressed memories of his people as he had done through the prophets and kings of Israel. No, this time, God himself entered into human history personally. God himself became flesh in the person of, by all outward appearances, a common Jewish man, a carpenter by trade. This man's name was, in Hebrew, Yeshua, Joshua but we've come to know him by the Greek translation of his name, Jesus. And we celebrate again his birth in the small Judean town of Bethlehem this Friday. And in the life and ministry of Jesus, humanity again began to awaken. Our lost memories being restored as God himself pitched his tent among us. 
Jesus healed diseases, he cast out unclean spirits, he restored sight and hearing and mobility, and he spoke again words that began to remind humanity of all that we had chosen to forget. But many did not want to remember. For many, ignorance was bliss. And so to cling to their darkness, they killed the source of their light and their life. Humanity killed the one who had created us, the God who made himself vulnerable to us in human flesh. And even so, over 500 eyewitnesses claimed that he had not remained dead, that he had risen from the dead. Over 500 eyewitnesses over the course of 40 days in varied places and contexts claimed to have interacted with him alive. And while many were gathered around him, he ascended into the heavens, promising to return. This experience was so real and so visceral for these men and women that they forsook their families and their cultures and their homes and their beliefs and many their very lives to share the story of the existence of a God, the God of all creation, the God whom they had encountered in the flesh of a man, who had been crucified by the Roman government, buried in a tomb, and three days later rose to new life, ministered among them for another 40 days, and then ascended into the heavens in front of their eyes. Their lives were so changed by these events that they remained faithful to this Jesus amidst, at first, marginalization, and then later, oppression, and then eventually, persecution. For some of them, torture, and for many others, death. History has not recorded a single recantation of their claims that they had seen him. Not one person under crucifixion, Roman torture, Jewish oppression, confessed that they had lied. Not one. No Roman records a recantation, no Jewish historian, and no Christian historian. They stuck to it. In these first eyewitnesses, humanity had begun to remember who we are and from whom we have come. And as their testimony spread throughout the nations of the earth, countless numbers committed themselves to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who had become flesh in the person of Jesus. Humanity was remembering. Humanity was awakening. But our awareness proved again for so many of our people to be fleeting. And it's now been many centuries since those eyewitnesses gave up their lives for the one they knew to be the God of all creation. And again, the world has changed. I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. Much that once was is lost, and none now live who remember it. And some things that should not have been forgotten were lost. History became legend. Legend became myth and passed out of all knowledge. And today, somewhere around 1,980 years after he ascended into the heavens, and some 5,500 miles away from the place the crowd who watched him ascend had assembled, we have read these words in the gospel according to Mark. Words according to Mark, spoken by Jesus as assurance that he, God, would one day once again enter into human experience and be accessible by human senses. Look at our text again. 
But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. See, he knew they were awake that day when he spoke those words to them because he had been awakening them to who they were and from whom they had come. So he implored them, no matter how long it was between the last and the next time they encountered him, to keep awake, to keep telling his story and the story of the Hebrew people he had chosen, to keep living out the values and the ethics that he had taught them, to keep relying on him for their forgiveness and for their freedom and for their transformation, to keep praying, to keep repenting, to keep forgiving, to keep loving. And perhaps today, thousands of miles and thousands of years from that day, we too might hear his voice. Some of us have heard it, and we followed. For some of us, it's why we're here today. And to us, he says, keep awake. These are all quotations from Scripture. Do not lose hope. Do not grow weary in doing good, for your faithfulness will be richly rewarded. But others of us cannot remember the sun. And try as we might, we cannot remember that there is a God. We see only the lamp in front of us, only people. We've long forgotten who we are and from whom we have come. But even those who have fallen under the spell of the darkness, who have been sleepwalking through life, who have no conscious memory of God and for whom the testimonies of Jesus have become legend and myth, even if that's you today, if you listen to that deepest part of yourself, you may hear him too. And to you, he says, Wake up. Keep awake. I was here in the beginning. I've been here throughout human history. I became human flesh in the person of Jesus, and I'm coming again to make all things new. Now, we have long needed these witnesses to tell us their testimony of life with God over many, so many centuries and millennia. They've told us much that without their testimony, we could never have known. In some ways, everything we do know for certain has to be rooted in what they knew. But we don't need them to tell us that there is a God in heaven. That knowledge is buried deep within us. It has somehow been entrusted to us. And we might be able to put it to sleep, but we cannot extinguish it. And when we read their testimony, we don't so much as learn as we remember. We awaken. If you feel this truth,
somewhere down deep inside. If you feel this old repressed memory stirring within you today, if you somehow feel beyond feeling his voice calling, not from without, but from within, might I invite you to join us in following Jesus today. He has told us again who we are and from whom we have come. But the witch's voice is powerful and sweet and melodic. And she keeps saying it. There is no God. It's a dream. But Jesus, when he was born in Bethlehem that day, when he died on that cross, he broke the nightmare. And those who follow him begin to wake up. To realize who we are and from whom we have come. God is our origin. He is our past. He is our present joy. And he will be our future hope. We don't know the day or the hour of his return. But he says to us all, Wake up and keep awake. He has shown us what is real. All the rest is a dream.